0: Good morning, we're in San Francisco, California. We are in the Mission District. On a gloomy day, but a beautiful day to have Fatima Ramirez with us, the executive director of Accion Latina and publisher of El Tecolote, a newspaper that has been an activist voice for the community, getting ready to celebrate 53 years of community activism.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for having me back today onto the show some reflections, I guess, that have come just from that conversation was just really the beauty of these tres generaciones coming together as I shared that day. And I've just kept thinking about it when we were at the live podcast is really this idea of the trenza and really having three different strands, three different voices and generations represented and really the beauty and the power that comes from that, especially when there are moments of Sometimes of crisis and sometimes of violence as well, which, you know, unfortunately has been the case here in the Mission District. But I think that coming back to that sense of wisdom that comes from having three generations come together really helps us to remember that we have survived other violent periods in the Mission District. And I think as a Latinx community in general, when we fall down, we always get back up. So that's something that I've kept thinking about.
0: Wow. Wow that part of community resilience, seeing a community come together and react in a proactive way. I'm proud to say that at least that's one of the things that I did take with me. You know, one of the questions that came to us was, how do you use art as an act of resilience?
1: Yeah, thinking back about Acción Latina and our mission and the work that we do, I see everything that we do in terms of community media, cultural arts, and civic engagement as really different ways of approaching storytelling. And we do that both through journalism as well as through the arts. And specifically, some of the ways in which we've blended that is through our Paseo Artístico program, which began in 2016. And it's something that we curate and organize in community with about a dozen other cultural organizations in the Mission District along 24th Street. Together, we determine what the theme is, as well as which artists are going to participate. And it's been an amazing vehicle for us to be able to respond, particularly in times when community is facing some kind of difficulty. I'm always amazed at the ways in which artists themselves can be first responders to crisis. Mm. And to do that in such an innovative way that also leans on our traditions and reminds us ultimately of who we are so that we're able to hold on to that hope that things are going to be able to get better, that look at the beauty that we're able to put out into the world. We don't have to get so disheartened by the gloom around us. Thank you for that. Staying on the
0: topic of Paseo Artístico, tell us a little bit about how it was born and then also the role that the community at large plays in the design of it and the development of it.
1: So... My understanding of it, when it was first created in 2016, it was a collaboration between Acción Latina as well as CAE 24 to be able to bring our organizations together and be able to curate programming together as well. So we're really fortunate that we received a two-year seed grant, essentially from the California Arts Council. That's what allowed us to be able to get it started. And since then, Acción Latina has moved on to become the main producer of the Paseo And really continuing that tradition, always in what do we want to do together? Because individually, each one of our cultural arts organizations has a lot of robust programming. But I think there's a lot of power of being able to actually come together as well and have a united front, a united event that we present back to the community. And during the pandemic, many of our partners actually shared that it was Paseo that felt like a glue Mm -hmm. for them to be able to continue to have a presence in the corridor, even if our doors had to be closed, even if we were in quarantine, there was still at least a virtual or a hybrid way of interacting with our audiences, and that kept us all together.
0: I want to explore a little something with you. You guys are on on 24th
1: Street. 24th Street in Alabama. Uh,
0: so in that general community, let's just say you have Las Familia Ramirez down the street and La Señora Fulana de Tal. How does... Paseo Artístico impact that person, that that community member that doesn't engage in the arts, or what does it bring to them, and what, what is the overall goal of in, in, in impacting community?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. I often think about that when, especially we have outdoor programming in front of the venues, you know, somebody's there to do a mandado. Maybe they're just there to buy tamales or pan dulce and all of a sudden theater unfolds <laughs> on the street. And now you're a part of the performance. Right. And I think that's beautiful. I think it's amazing that, especially for community members that perhaps don't attend those events frequently for whatever reason, maybe it's access, maybe it's money, time, whatever it might be, for the arts to come to them rather than waiting for them to come to the arts, I think is powerful. And we already have the most beautiful backdrop with all of the murals, with all of the iconography, and the colors that we have in our neighborhood. So it's the perfect set for us to just unfold into poetry, theater, out on the streets, and have people be a part of that. And in
0: thinking of terms around the principles of rap and self-determination, how does Paseo Artistico execute self-determination, community, empowerment? Hmm.
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that comes to mind is that through our different partnerships, particularly one with the Community Music Center, for example, one of the things that they've reported back is that when they have their students and their like young musicians program participate in Paseo Artístico, they notice a light bulb goes off. They go from, I'm over here learning how to play this instrument, maybe as a hobby or for something that interests me, to now becoming an artist, because they're not performing in front of an audience, they're getting feedback, and they're realizing, oh, like maybe I want to keep doing this. Even if it is as a side hobby, or maybe it sparks a career for them, there's a switch that happens when they're able to perform outdoors in front of an audience that really leads them to that transformation of, I'm an artist in mm. the community.
0: Explore with us a little bit about how Accion Latina engages with youth programming.
1: Yeah. I know there's certainly been more direct involvement with youth throughout our history. We've had the Fuerza Joven program, and I think through El Tecolote, we continue to serve as a training ground for the next generation of Latino journalists. Through our artistic programming in our gallery, we always try to emphasize having space and creating space for emerging and established Latinx artists. And through Paseo, as I just mentioned, that's really an opportunity where our partners can also have youth be present and participate, take ownership of their neighborhood and showcase their artistic talent. In other occasions, we've also had specific journalism programs where we work with migrant youth to tell their own stories of migration, challenging the mainstream narratives, particularly when, as it happens, immigrants will be scapegoated for issues that are happening in the country. This specific journalism program that we had called Migrantes, meant to be Migrantes, and a personal testimonial of what their migration journey actually was. That's another opportunity for youth to just reclaim their narrative and to also maybe turn on a light bulb and think, oh, maybe journalism is a career that I want to pursue.
0: What's coming up for Acción Latina and what are the things that are coming forward in regards to actions or activities?
1: Well, one of the things that you mentioned is we're very proud that El Tecolote has now been serving our community for over 50 years. We're celebrating 53 years this August, and we're going to be hosting a gala at St. Mary's Cathedral on August 26th. We're going to be having a lot of amazing performances that day with John Santos, La Familia Peña Govea, Francisco Herrera, and it will be emceed by two members of Culture Clash, Rick Salinas and Richard Montoya. So we're very excited that... Even though we didn't get to celebrate the big 50 all in community again because of the pandemic, we finally get to have the big party and we're hoping everybody can join us to again celebrate how we can be resilient as a community.
0: Thank you so much, Fatima. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your work and continued fuerza to you and muchas bendiciones. Gracias. We've been talking with Fatima Ramirez, Executive Director of Acción Latina. Thank you for listening. Please consider donating to Rama Blueprints at the org website or the link in the description. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with two people. This episode was produced and edited by Darren J. DeLeon and Socorro Gamboa for the Five Sisters Audio Garden. Thank you for listening and remember to listen is to heal. All power to the people.